welcome, my friend, to the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast, an authentic space to talk about life in truth and love. It's true, not everyone is an Enneagram One perfectionist, but it is my firm belief that our world today suffers from a lot of the destructive and deceptive lies that perfectionism has to offer. That is why this podcast will encourage, empower, and uplift you. For those of you brand new here today, perfectionism has destructive habits that play a negative role in our lives. Perfectionism can hold us back and force us to live from a place of fear instead of love. Perfectionists have good qualities too, but only when they are functioning from a healthy perspective. Perfectionism frequently lies to us by keeping us in a not enough zone. Because when you strive for the impossible goal of perfection, you will always find yourself in the lack. Inside today's podcast, I have with me Rhee Boato. Rhee is a vocal coach, singer, and writer that just moved to Dundee, Scotland with her husband of 20 years, along with their two fur babies. She's currently working on her first book, It Is Not Well With My Soul, Surviving Child Loss Without Hating God. Bree, it's so great to have you here. I'm really looking forward to this interview. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So um, you've shared some deep loss and trauma in your life, and I love that you're willing to share some of that with us. Because I know that when we share authentically with others, we connect and we grow from that. And so um, I'm just really grateful that you're here. And I'm wondering if you can share with us some of what you write about, like on your blog and in the books that you're working on. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I would say the reason I write is obviously to process feelings. But secondary, I just, over the last few years, I just started kind of feeling like God was like, you need to share your story more because I've done some things in your life and people need to know somebody can be helped by that, you know? Um, So I would say as I was younger, when I was younger, I expressed a lot through music and songwriting. And that was my, that was my outlet. That was my voice in a sense, but it was also it was also more of a need back then in a way, like a, a need to speak and have a voice because I didn't feel like I had one in my childhood growing up. So as I got older, I'm now 43, it's just like the need kind of faded away. I didn't feel like I was in that place of like, I need to share my story to feel valid or validated. Mm-hmm. And then, but then I felt like probably about three, four years ago, God started kind of bringing back sort of a different desire of you need to share it, not because you need it, but because someone else might need it. It's mm-hmm. for someone else, you know, and you can't forget that, that there are important things that I did in your life and am doing, and it's not about you. It's just about blessing somebody else with those stories. So, yeah, so that's kind of, not that you asked that, but <laughs> it's kind of why I write, I guess. And then some of the things that I share, I guess, in my blog and in the book that I'm working on, um, are about, uh, yeah, loss. You mentioned loss and trauma. So, I mean, not to go too deep, but I had a traumatic childhood growing up um, with 
probably a schizophrenic father. Um, so a lot of difficulties there. And then um, kind of worked through a lot of that, count lots of counseling <laughs> and stuff like that throughout my life and uh, well, mostly 20s and 30s. And then um, when I was 40, we surprisingly got pregnant. We thought maybe we couldn't have children and we were actually preparing to become foster parents at that time. And we got pregnant and we were really surprised. Like, wow, okay, I'm 40 and <laughs> I'm pregnant here. You know, what's going on? <laughs> okay, God has a little gift, surprise gift for us right now. This is awesome. So we were excited, of course, and healthy pregnancy, everything fine. She was born October 17th, 2018 and perfectly fine. We were completely overjoyed. And then about 45 minutes after she was born, I was nursing her and she stopped breathing. And of course, our complete joy turned to complete devastation and hysteria on my part, of course. And they were trying to resuscitate her. They eventually did after 24 minutes, um, but she had been without oxygen for so long. So they had her on life support. Um, but, and they were doing scans on her and it was about seven days later that we had to make the decision to let her go off of life support. And that was horrible, obviously the most horrible thing I've ever been through, you know, and I felt like I'd been through a lot of trauma already in my childhood, but that just literally topped it all. I just was completely shocked and just really upset with God. I was not in a place of faith mm -hmm. in that moment. You know, I've read of other people having child loss stories and some of them could like cling to God's promises in that moment, but not me. I was pissed. <laughs> I was just mad and I felt totally confused. Like, why would you give us this gift of a child at this point in our life? And then perfect pregnancy, no one sees it coming. And then, you know, a year later after the autopsy results and a second opinion, they find out her lungs were underdeveloped. It's not chromosomal, had nothing to do with our age, just a freak weird thing. And it's like, really? It was literally like a 0.01% or just some really small percentage of, you know, just a weird thing that that happens from time to time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, really, why is that our story? You know, and I was pretty mad, you know, I'm two years and four months out now, but I was pretty mad about that for a good while. <laughs> and, you know, but at the same time, God has always been my best friend and my biggest source of encouragement through my entire life and through my childhood. And is probably the only reason I'm relatively sane. <laughs> I'll say relatively because everybody's a little insane in my opinion. I think I'm a little <laughs> insane too. Issues <laughs> they're still working on, I think. But yeah, so I mean, I was working on a book about my childhood because when I was pregnant, because I started feeling, I guess, a sense, you know, when you have kids, you think about a legacy and things like that. But I also felt like I mentioned earlier that God was kind of telling me a little, like just felt like he was prodding me to share my story of what I'd gone through in my childhood. And I always wondered if I would write a book or something about my childhood because it was very bizarre. Um, so it was considered by some counselors, um, perhaps like a family cult. That was kind of a term that was given. So it was pretty strange stuff. Uh, and I always thought, well, it could make for an interesting story, but I didn't feel compelled to tell it until I was pregnant. So I started writing it and I have probably half the book completed. And then 
after winter died, I just was like, what do I do with this? I don't understand what, how does this play into it? Because I had started writing part of the book and including, you know, the gift of the pregnancy and how that came out of nowhere. And then it was just like, what the heck do I do God? You know? And then I just felt as I kept kind of wrestling through that and praying that he was kind of guiding me to, you know, that it was a separate thing. I needed to write about my grief and my process of trying to come back to trusting him but I needed, it needed to be another book, a different one. Mm -hmm. So that other one just got put on hold and I was like, okay, I don't know. So, and then that's where this one began. Um, almost about two years ago is when I started it. So I was still pretty fresh in my grief. It had only been about five months and started writing that and, uh, I've been writing that ever since, but, uh, basically after my daughter died only a few months later, my sister, her cancer returned. So I was just like, really, really God, <laughs> like what's next? Is my husband going to die? You know, I was just freaked out. I was just so scared. And then she did end up passing away, um, uh, last December. So sorry, December, 2019. Um, and that was really hard because she was actually there with me when winter was born because I was closer to my sister than my, my own mom and really to anyone in my family. My family's pretty dysfunctional and, we were kind of our person in the family. And so that sucked pretty bad. And I was really upset, but I mean, she's definitely had a, a person of strong faith and it was inspiring to see the way that she dealt with it throughout her journey of, you know, just declining. And it was just really painful, really hard. Um, you know, but there's, there's a small comfort, you know, a tiny comfort in the fact that I think to myself, my sister's raising my daughter in heaven. Um, so that's, that's nice. I think about that a lot. Um, but it was hard. It was hard. So those are the kinds of things you write about is the journey of that, like the honest, raw, gritty truth of this sucks so bad. It's never not going to suck. But at the same time, like, what is God trying to, what is God teaching me through this? What can I actually learn through this thing called grief that nobody wants? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, there's, there's some things that I, I really can resonate with. Um, one is just being so mad at God. Um, and, and it's, and it's something like what you describe where you're just like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, like I've been with you. I trust you. I, you know, I love you. I'm following you to the best of my ability, you know, like, and then this, why? Like, you know, so I, I mean, I understand those questions and it really, really is hard. Um, because in our minds, we can't see it and we just, we don't get it. But then the good part of that and what I think you agree is like God's leading us through uh, on this journey. Like, and, and like you writing this other book, we know that that was part of what he wanted you to do too, you know? And it's kind of like, I mean, yeah, in some ways, like, well, I wish it wasn't me, you know, like, can yeah. somebody else write it, you know? <laughs> but I also find comfort in knowing that like, okay, well, at least it's going to be useful. Like at least it's going to have purpose. Um, 
so that's really great. And then I, you know, I can also, I also just resonated with like shifting gears, uh, on what you're writing. Um, and like, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's to me, it's more of the, an actual practice of the surrender that we need. Because it's saying, like, even this thing that you gave me to write isn't mine. It's yours. And so, you know, because I was um, working on a book uh, after my first book called Suburban Wilderness. And if you can guess, it was, you know, it was going to be about the really rough times where you feel like you're out in the desert and, and like, where are you, God? I don't understand. Um, and then it shifted. And now, um, like I, I've stopped working on that and, um, I'm working on this book called the relevant old Testament. And it's like super, super, um, vivid, uh, you know, bringing the stories to a, a different level to where you you really feel the characters instead of just kind of like, oh yeah, I know about that guy, but like really get to know them and see how much there is to learn from these stories. And so I've been having a blast working yeah. on that. And that was, oh God, like I don't have the background to do that. That's not what I was trained in, but God's like, no, you're doing it. And I'm like, okay. And then at, even as I write, like every day that I work on it, I kind of like sit back and be like, this is so funny. Like, this is so funny that I just wrote all that. Like from, you know, and so anyway, but it's totally, it's totally the Holy Spirit working through me because I say yes. Like God says, I want you to do this. Okay. You know, um, being open to that and being able to let go too. Like I had to let go of that other project for now. I don't know if I'll ever finish it. Like, I just don't know. And there's lots of things that I've had to let go of um, because there's just not enough room. You know, there's just not enough room for all of it. Anyway, I just was like really, um, I also enjoying how each time when I speak with someone and I interview them, that connection, like even though it's not the same experience, I feel like God uses these, these interviews and these interactions to even bless me and hopefully the other person um, and the listener because something always happens that's just like, huh, it's just very encouraging. I don't know. Totally. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. God definitely like takes you in like different directions. And I mean, I think it's like, I just read something today. I, I feel like I wish I could remember the exact quote, but she said something about, it was kind of the idea of like, oh, be obedient to whatever God calls you to do and let go of the outcome. Oh yeah. Like, Surrender the outcome. Completely loosely. And it's like, yeah, you have to do that so mm -hmm. much. And I mean, in my past, I did a lot of music and band stuff. And I felt like sometimes I was in like a very like striving mode. Like I got to make this happen. I got to do that, you know, and like, 
And it's just the older I got, I was just like, I can't be doing that. What the heck? You know, and yeah. like, this is exhausting. And, and it's like, but with writing, it's like, I have no aspirations of being an author. Like, I really don't. Like, I never was like, I'm going to be an author. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just literally like came to me and I'm like, could I do that? I'm like, I don't know. It kind of feels like it's God prompting me to. So I guess I'll just do it. I don't know what'll come of it. <laughs> Who knows if anyone will read it? I don't know. But, yeah. you know, it just, just keeps taking little steps. And then it feels like he opens up this little door or that little door, or, you know, a podcast or a connection with someone or I don't know. So you just keep following little breadcrumbs and you have no clue what's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No clue. That's for sure. You know, yep. this, my, my book right here, that, that's exactly yeah. what happened. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be an author and I'm going to do all this. God was like, yeah. write this. And I was like, okay, um, sure. And I had been in a, a place of obedience for a while at that point. Like, like, I was like, okay, I get it now. I totally get that. Like being in sync with God is what I want. For my life like that's what I want I want to do what God wants me to do and I don't care about anything else anymore like I get it now and I I totally can feel you on the striving thing as well but like this book people like oh well how like they had questions for me like oh well how are you gonna do this and that I'm like I don't know God knows I don't know he'll tell me when it's the right time <laughs> you know and then it, it came about and I had questions throughout kind of like okay, do you really, is this still something you want me to do? Cause like, I, I, I'm kind of like getting close here and I don't, I don't really know the next step. And it was like, yep, I do. And I said, okay, I'll keep going then. And you know, anyway, it came about. And um, so it's really fun. It's fun. It's fun to follow. It's, it's, it's different. It's not the norm. It's not what most people do, but it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, it keeps you on your toes. It's not necessarily comfortable. Oh, <laughs> You're it's like, I don't know what's happening next. Oh, yeah, there's no comfort. That's for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. But. but there is peace. I will say there's peace. There's more peace following God than not following Him. I know. I was like, that's probably not the best thing to say. There's no comfort. I don't really mean that. But it's like, you know, your comfort zone, that goes away. Um, yeah, exactly. you, you can't have that and follow God at the same time. It's like, kind of clashes but anyway we've kind of already talked about this on accident and I I'm so I was like oh whoops <laughs> I kind of stepped on this question but um I was just saying that surrender is it is a difficult concept I believe all humans struggle with it uh, and yet I found that that's where the peace comes from is the surrender uh so can you share with us a bit about the struggle and the blessing that comes from surrendering that longing that you have for another child? Oh, yeah. I will talk about the struggle of it first. <laughs> <laughs> it's very real and it's it's something I'm deal with every day. Feels like I, you know, I'm really trying hard to battle my toxic thoughts. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Caroline Leaf. Mm -mm. she's like a christian uh, neuroscientist mm -hmm. and she's on instagram everywhere if you look her up dr caroline leaf l-e-a-f anyway she has this program called the 21 day detox your brain program 
And it's basically like takes you through these like kind of step-by-step sort of journaling with God, but like identifying a toxic thought. And then you go through this process of kind of like, what would your life be like without this? What is this thought doing to you? And what would your life be like without it? Then you kind of sit with God and kind of ask him if there's something he wants you to know about this. So it's, it's a really cool process. And then you come up with kind of a truth or like some image to kind of every time that thought comes in your head, you're going to like basically think this or read this or this like multiple times a day, like seven times a day. Mm. And anyways, it's really effective. I did a few years ago with some things and I could literally feel like mild depression that I had kind of carried for a long time, just starting to lift. And I was like, whoa, I feel a lot more peaceful, a lot more joyful. In fact, that's when I got pregnant right after that, after I'd started doing that. And I don't know if that de-stressed my body. And finally it was like, here you go. And I don't know. Or obviously it was God's will, I'm sure. <laughs> but who knows how all of that all plays together. But anyways, yeah. So I've been trying to do that. And this is, that's my main toxic thought. I got to be honest is sometimes I just wake up and it's like, I had a dream or I wake up and it's like, you're getting old. You're going to be sad and lonely with no family. I'm going to get sad just saying it because it's literally like the lie that tries to come in my head the most. Mm-hmm. And I know it's just, uh, sorry, it's it's connected to my childhood, my messed up trauma, traumatic childhood, fear of abandonment, stuff like that. And it's just, it's rough. And then my sister died, obviously, and she was my person. <laughs> it's like, oh man. So this is hard. This is a really hard, like longing to surrender right now. We're still trying to have a biological baby. We're going to look into other options like assisted soon as we try to get medical. We just moved to Scotland. (laughs) We're just, you know, just starting to get that ball rolling, but obviously believing that God is ultimately the giver of life, Mm -hmm. no matter what route that comes through. And even if that comes through adoption, uh, which we're completely open to when we get back to the States. Um, But still it's like, because of the experience I had with having winter and just the joy, I was completely joyful in pregnancy. My whole pregnancy, just the support we had around us with the baby showers, it's like more support than I'd ever had in my life at that time. And just the joy of even just the, the fact that we got to meet her and she was healthy and fine at first. I'm, I'm grateful for those first 45 minutes, you know. And even mm-hmm. the time that we had with her in the hospital just to care for her, even though she was you know, unconscious. Um, but it's just, it's hard to imagine, like, never seeing redemption for that in this life, you know? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm yeah. On that one, but it's really hard. And that's a hard pill for me to swallow. Like, that what if that isn't God's plan? I don't know. And I mean, I have these talks with it a lot, because it's like, oh, it's so hard to just pray, like, God, your will be done regardless of how, how pained I feel to think that for some reason, I only, I'm only going to get this really kind of messed up experience that ends poorly. Like that doesn't seem fair. Come on. You know, can't I at least have another child, rainbow baby, as they Mm -hmm. say, and feel, you know, a little bit of redemption. Not that that would take away the ache for my daughter winter, but still it's just, it feels like a little bit of something, <laughs> you know, a little bit of a special comfort or, you know, just to be able to experience that in the correct way, basically. Right. So that's hard. I mean, that's the struggle of it. It's, it's pretty constant for me. Um, 
but I feel like I'm, you know, as I spend time with God daily, this is quite going to tie into what I think you were going to ask me for your name. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as I spend time with God more and more, I'm trying to be really consistent and do that every morning. Sometimes it doesn't happen in the morning. And then once in a while I skip a day or, you know, it's not as, <laughs> as perfect as I would want it to be, but you don't have to be perfect, right? That's right. <laughs> Book plug, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, as I, as I sit and spend time with God more frequently, then it's like, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm able to just kind of sit and receive his love for me and, and kind of receive the truth that he's with me and my future is not going to be alone. You know, I think that's that, my fear is like fear of abandonment because of what I went through in my childhood. So it's like, you're not going to be alone. That's what I feel like he keeps telling me. That's the core is a desire for belonging. Mm -hmm. I want family because of a sense of belonging. And I didn't have that properly, you know, in my younger years. And then just the fear of being alone like you know when you get older and people you need their children around not just because they they want them around obviously too but you get afraid like they'll just be alone and like I don't know so anyways it's like I just I can sense as I sit with God and I kind of let him like calm me <laughs> and hold me then it's like I can sense that he's just like no you're not gonna be alone I'm not gonna leave you alone you know, yeah I'm not tell you yet what's going to come in your future I'm not going to tell you yet how your future family will look yeah. <laughs> but you're not going to be alone you're just not you know um I've really loved I I don't know if I'm remembering it exactly correctly but I think you said sit with God and receive his love for me was that yeah. what it was that oh, really you know that, that hit me like it like going ding because <laughs> That's something for myself that I've been trying to cultivate for years now. And I do, but it's like, again, it's not perfect. Um, and yeah, my, my rooted false belief, whatever, is like, no, there's no way he could actually love me. Like, there's just no way. And so then I have to be like, no, no, that's not true. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And it's, it's horrible. I mean, it's horrible. Um, and oh, it's, it's excruciating. It really is. Because when you know the truth and you believe the truth and you're like, no, God's never going to leave or forsake me. He loves me. He cherishes me. He, you know, like all these things. But then like, there's something inside of you that won't receive it. It's like torture. Because oh, yeah. you know better and then it makes you feel bad because you're like, why will I not receive this? And then there are moments when I do and I'm overwhelmed with joy, like tearful joy or sm like just so happy. I'm just dancing around and like, I'm like, can you just keep this here forever? <laughs> like, like, I don't want it to go to the other, you know what I mean? Like, like, I want to keep this. <laughs> um, so I, I love that you said that because again, those words, they penetrated right now. And I, I felt like it was another, like, see Vanessa, see, that's it. You know, um, like it was an encouragement to me. 
again they're like yes and so i think that's most human beings i honestly do is like i mean just the i mean i've been a believer since really my whole life my parents though they were very very dysfunctional <laughs> extremely dysfunctional they still introduced us to christ and i thank them for that you know absolutely um and i knew christ i really believe i did ever since i was really pretty young, like five years old. I mean, I had some distorted ideas of him because of my dad. And that took a while to undo that, you know, years. <laughs> but it's like, even, you know, so, you know, knowing the Lord for that long, but it's like, even still in, in more recent years, it's like in last, I don't know, five, over the last five to seven years, it's just, it's just becoming more apparent just how much it's like, I think I know his love, but then I still don't know it. Like I yes. still don't. And it's, it's almost like, I feel like God is like, it's too, it's too good to be true. And it's too big to grasp. Yes. Like you're literally going to be trying to receive it and understand it and take it in like forever until yes. you're like with me. And then you're going to be in complete bliss because you, you're like, it is true. Like, Oh my gosh. But I think it's all of our own like shame that we carry from different things, just, just from our own sinfulness. And we know it, we know what our sinful areas are, right? Like deep down, if we did, even if they're not conscious all the time, there's something there and it's like, God's love feels too good to be true. Yeah. It's just, there is no way somebody just loves me no matter what. And like, I have loves yeah, me and all this garbage that I have. And it's not, it's not bottled with people. Exactly. No one so, does and that's why I think we can't grasp it. Um, and that's okay. Cause I don't think we're supposed to right now. I think that what we experience in those times where it's, bliss or you know like just those moments it's, that i want to be forever um i think they are not on purpose they're not forever on purpose um because i am still flesh and blood and i can't fully carry around the fullness of god in this form you know what i mean like like it's yeah. not it's it is too much it's too much it's it's abundant it's overflowing and so we get the tastes of it. It's like, oh, that's so good. I, I, I wish I could have that every day, <laughs> you know, but, but then that's our hope that, right? Like that's our hope that when we do meet him in glory, like it's going to be forever. And it, you know, we will know all of him and we will receive all of that love. Oh, that's just kind of cool where it's going, but um, yeah. And I mean, it's like, it seems like, I mean, I'm an idealist, so I like to be like, but we can have it every day. We just need I to know. sit with it. But then I know the reality. It's like, no, it's like I had like just a couple days ago, like I was struggling to spend my time with God. And, and then I was blogging and I was like realizing through writing, you know, like processing stuff. It's like, I think I was upset at God because I felt like something sparked the grief for my daughter recently. Mm -hmm. And I, just, I think I was feeling it. And then it made me feel kind of distant and like, mm -hmm. but I couldn't put my finger on it. It was so like somewhere deep buried in there that I was just like, why am I avoiding something that I like? And right. loves me like, what's my deal? <laughs> oh yeah. No. And I, I actually recognize that in myself way too often where I'm like, I'm blocking it. Like I'm blocking his love and I don't want to block it. And I get so frustrated. And, it's like, and I need it the most today. Like what am I doing? And, and, uh, and I just, 
I just beg him. I'm like, I surrender. Whatever it is, God, just like bring it up so I can cast it out because I want you, you know, like, so it's not for a lack of trying. I'll tell you that. Um, but you know, I did want to say, uh, I did want to tap on that again too, about the reason why we don't believe it. Um, because yeah, people let us down left and right. People are in, you know, they're, they're unreliable. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to like bash anybody or anything. It's just, that's why our brains don't get it because we don't see it we see it in certain parts of our life in certain moments and certain experiences we experience it but it's fleeting it goes away it doesn't last so to think that god's love never ends is like what never fades never changes like oh my gosh yeah. He's not fickle. He doesn't get tired of you one day. He's get tired of your whining and moaning yep. about the same thing. Yep. Yep. And I know I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for not getting sick of me. And, I, and that's that like, it does trigger the fear of he is yeah. sick of me. How could he not be sick of me? I'm sick of myself. You know, like oh, I'm sick of mulling over these same stupid thoughts that I know aren't true. And yet here they are again, you know, (laughs) that's a good point that you make. It's like, if we're finding ourselves even being sick of our own issues, it, it makes, that's another reason it's hard to like believe, well, even I'm sick of myself. Like how can he not be annoyed? (laughs) Yeah. He's perfect and I'm not. So (laughs) I think (laughs) that's where it goes, you know? Um, okay. So what I'm going to do here is I'm, I'm actually going to ask you one of the questions out of order, because I think it'll be better. So um, you've shared with me that, you know, experiencing a loving connection with God and others, which we've been talking about, uh, is most important to you. And I really do resonate with that so much. Um, Like connecting with other people is the most, I, I don't even know how to describe it with words, but it like, I don't know, like lights me up from the inside and I feel just so good, you know, just connecting, uh, but like real connection. And then, um, so I, I just was curious, what does it look like to you? Like, how do you experience this, this connection that, that you really love? Hmm. Connection with others, you mean more mm-hmm. so? Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, some of the, right now I'm in Scotland, so we're just barely making a few new friends, but we're in lockdown right now. <laughs> COVID lockdown, it's more strict over here. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten to meet up with a few different people at the park. And I think it's, it's when you find those people who can have those like deep heartfelt conversations that you like barely know them, but you can be open and like honest and mm-hmm. talk about stuff the Lord's doing, talk about you know, be honest about my daughter and they don't look like they're freaking out. Cause some people get afraid. Like when you talk about something sad, you can see the fear on their face. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it's like, I think it's that feeling of like, this person can handle me. They can hold space for me. And, mm-hmm. and we have a connection in some kind of like emotional way. There's a, because I'm a type four Enneagram. So <laughs> We're all about the deep feelings, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> but also like, a, a, you know, experiencing the world through beauty and art and that kind of thing as well. So I, I think 
sometimes that's another way that I connect. I tend to connect with a lot of other like deep feeling people through either yeah. conversation, but also maybe the art that they produce or, or just writing or whatever it is, because there's just some kind of kindred spirit there, you know? <laughs> yes. You know what it's, what's funny about the Enneagram is I, I'm, I always check out as a type one. Um, oh, but okay. when I read about the numbers, I'm like, I'm that too. <laughs> so, so like everything that you said, that that's how I feel. Like I, I love real, like deep conversations. I love beauty. I love art. I mean, I just drink it up and I, but I will say I wasn't always like that. I really believe that's part of like the work that God has been doing in my life for the past seven years is cultivating this, like letting go of all these um, expectations of what you thought you needed to be and like, enjoy me. Like I, I made this for you and, and things like that. And so I love art. I love all types of art. I love creation. I love going outside um, in nature, I love looking at the birds and the little, cre I just love it all. And I didn't used to even no. look at it, you <laughs> yeah. know? Um, and so I'm like, you know, I always tease. I'm like, I think I'm like every number, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not, but it just, it feels like I, so much, especially the whole like deep connection thing with emotions and, and other people, because to me, I, uh, at least on this earth, I, that's all I care about. I hate the surfacey stuff. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about nothing. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, eh, I'll just go home and I'll go talk to God. How about that? <laughs> that sounds better. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, I will say probably my favorite friends are the friends that I can like laugh my butt off one minute and then be crying, like sobbing the next moment. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? And you said I something. I enjoy like off or like really off humor too. So I just enjoy like laughing about ridiculous oh, yeah. things. And I love being, when I used to be in bands and, and do like a lot more concerts and stuff, there was so much like prime material for like bizarre stories and just like experiences. I loved that part of it. It's <laughs> just the weirdest people. And like, just, I have some of the funniest stories from stuff like that <laughs> for those times. And it's just great. I'm like, oh my gosh, anything that I can give. I just enjoy like off humor and just bizarre things of life and people and different types of people and quirky, strange people. And <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. That is, that's so funny. <laughs> You said something that I really liked. You said they can handle me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a four. So fours are literally like this deep well of like intense emotion. It's like, oh my gosh, some people can't handle it. So I mean, I, I've learned to tone it down with certain people, but it's like, you know, but then you don't feel like necessarily a sense of comfort because you're like, I can't fully be myself. And yeah. You know, and I could go real dark sometimes <laughs> and melancholy, but I mean, I always feel like I have a, a strong, solid sense of relationship with God. And I come back around to, you know, hoping and trusting in him. And I have a strong like, resolve to, de to decide to trust in him. Like I will trust in him because yeah. he hasn't let me down throughout my life. You know, has he let me down in some ways? Yes, from my standpoint, <laughs> yes, but not ultimately, you know, he's yeah. never left me, he's never left me, and that's like yeah. the biggest thing you can ever ask for, right, is just to at least not be left alone if you're going to have to go through something really horrible, right, so, yeah. 
but I don't know how I got on that. <laughs> well, no, that's good. That's good. So, all right. You are my first vocal coach on this yeah. podcast. And it really tickled me because I've been doing that since 2004, um, teaching singing lessons. And I'm I, every Saturday for the past 15 years, I, you know, that's like my main day that I do my lessons. So, um, you know, people are always like, what are you doing for the weekend? I'm like working, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I haven't, I've never met like a real, you know, another person that does what I do. So I just thought it would be fun to ask you, like, what do you love most about it? Like, wh why do you like to, to be a vocal coach? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I just moved here from the Nashville area and I knew so many vocal coaches, like a plethora of vocal coaches everywhere. <laughs> But, but anyways, yeah, it was kind of fun. It was, it was, it was cool. Um, learned a lot from other people, which was good. But what do I love about, I would say the biggest thing I love about uh, coaching voice is, is honestly empowering people, um, like empowering people to do things that they didn't think they could do. I mean, and that can vary from like them coming in and just thinking, I can't sing high. You know, you get people say that all the time, right? I can't sing high. And you're like, okay, do this exercise. You're like, no, you can, you can sing high. If you could do that exercise, you can get there. <laughs> and they're like, what? And just seeing their eyes, like, kind of like open up to what I can do that. And, or whether it, you know, it could be that, or it could be like just overcoming fears. I mean, some people just literally can't sing in front of like one other person. Yeah. And just, I guess it feels so like to me special that people let you into that part of their journey because it's very emotional for people. And I mean, people cry. I, I really love the, like the psychology of it, I guess, is like that empowering people and helping them overcome fears and, and work through, you know, those limitations that we all kind of have in our minds. Because I just, I think really personal growth and healing is like, just those are topics that are just huge, hugely important for me because they've been things I've been working on my personally my whole life. And so it's like when I meet other people, I feel grateful for some of the experiences that I've had, like the difficult experiences or even just stage, my stage fright from the past, like lots of all those stories, they come back around and they end up being like useful. Like you said, it's like they end up being really useful. Like I didn't get a vocal scholarship in college because I was still way too terrified. I was choked at the audition. Well, they thought I, they, they thought maybe I had something. And so they invited me back and I choked again. <laughs> it's like, so I have that story. It's like, dang it, I really needed that money, but I didn't get a vocal scholarship because I couldn't pull, I couldn't do it. I couldn't yeah. do it, yeah. you know? And so that's helped a lot of students. It's been useful. That story has been useful, even though it sucked really bad at the time. Yeah. So yeah, just empowering people to overcome is just probably the best part about that job. That I is really, really well put. And I, I agree with you. Um, that I always get a kick out of it when it's, oh, well, I can't do it. I'm like, oh, you can't, can you? Oh, really? Well, and then I, you know, I, you're right. There's so many oh, things. No, can't. You cannot say can't in here. No, no, no. I say, I go, okay, you're right. You're right. I say, <laughs> if you say you can't, then you won't. So how about, since you're here and you're wanting to learn, how about we change that script in your head and we say, you know what? I've never done that before, but I'm going to try right now. You know, like I'm going to, I'm going to try this. And uh, yeah, you're right. Like there's a lot of fear that comes in and I'll, and I love being able to identify. I love being able to identify um, like what the issue is for the person, like what's, I'm like, you know what, you know what it is. And a lot of times I'm like, 
you're, you're afraid of that note. Like, that's it. I was like, and you don't need to be afraid of it. It's just a note. Like, like, ah. just, you know, and so, yeah, I'm not going to keep going on, but you're right. You're, you're totally right. Everything you said, um, I was like, yeah, that, that is true. That's how I feel. It's, it's really fun to, and you get to experience them seeing what they can do is really fun. Like, they're like, oh, I just did that. I'm like, yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really cool and it's it's fun too because I, I think I just enjoy people and it's like I've worked with like a, a big variety of people from kids to like from like four to 74 oh yeah oh yeah like, me too right and just so many different types of people they come for such different reasons or even people for speaking or I mean just mm -hmm. I had somebody who wanted to lessen their accent. I mean, I just get such an interesting variety of people because I'm wow. pretty open-minded. I'm not like, I mean, I, I would say I have my specialties, but I'm pretty open-minded. If someone comes to me, I'm going to help them. You know? yeah. like, I'm, gonna just, I'm not going to say, no, I don't do that. I'm going to be like, let me try to do that. <laughs> let me yeah. try to figure it out. And so it's cool. It's, it's like kind of a cool blessing just to, I don't know, be in a type of job where you can meet such different types of people. It's Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. I know my, my students are always a really wide range, like age, gender, uh, yeah. ethnicity, just like everything. Like they're, I've had really old students. I've had really young students. I have all in the middle and, um, so it's, it's interesting. It's, it is, it's, it's like a lot of fun to, um, just get to know a lot of different types of people. Definitely. And, their personalities. I mean, woo! I mean, everybody's personality is different, right? <laughs> different. Yeah, and then you get to you get to grow and like challenge yourself to work with this personality that you're not familiar with. You know? Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's someone you kind of don't naturally click with or something. It's yep. like you have to just keep trying to figure out what's happening or you know what's going on there? You know, even if we don't totally click, I'm still going to try to help this person. I yep. know I can help them. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's great. I love that. Yeah. That is great. I'm glad I asked that question. That was fun. So, uh, we are coming to the end here and I just want to ask you, uh, how can we support you and follow your journey? Um, you know, how can we stay connected to what you're doing? Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I would say, uh, the number one thing is pray. If you think of it, <laughs> if, if I come to your mind, people <laughs> for some reason, because of something I said, just pray, pray that I can finish this book and that it goes to wherever it needs to go. You know, um, that's probably my biggest thing. And then I guess, how can they support me? Um, well, I've just started a, a since I'm relatively new as far as writing and, um, uh, I just started a Facebook page, so it's kind of new, but they can go there, and that's where I'll post everything. So it's um it's on Facebook, but it's facebook.com slash Rees Reflections, R-E-E-S, and then Reflections. So, yeah, and that's just for author stuff and writer stuff, and it has a link to my blog. So I guess maybe follow that and comment if you want and ask any questions or if you know anyone else who has a podcast who wants me on or somewhere you'd like me to speak, I don't know, just let me know. And that's pretty much it. There is a, a compilation book I'm a part of coming out. It'll be published in April. Uh, so 
I'll put a link or something, but I don't know where they can buy that yet, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to, I'll send you a link and, or that'll be on my Facebook page if they follow me there. So. Okay. And yeah. so, um, we will have those details in the show notes, uh, so that people can, you know, click and head on over. Uh, and I think you're on Instagram too, though, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So on Instagram, I mean, I have like vocal coaching stuff. If they search Reba Waddle, like Googled that, they're going to find mostly vocal coach stuff or music stuff and band stuff. And, mm -hmm. um, but for writing, um, I have a, uh, I have a, uh, I'm tongue tied. I have an Instagram page <laughs> for that. And it's just, uh, at Reese or now I'm forgetting. I'm mixing things up. Reflections in the dark, but okay. it's R-E-E, -E, like reflections mm -hmm. in the dark. So yeah, and that's just little quotes or different thoughts that I have um, about grief and where God is in grief, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sounds good. So we'll make sure all that is in there. Uh, thank you so much for your time and just for being with me today. You're welcome. It was awesome. Good all conversation. Right. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for being with me today. Let's keep practicing saying no to perfect and yes to truth. Take care. Hi, friends. I'm so glad that you've been enjoying the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast and wanted you to know that if you'd like to support this podcast and its message, any contribution would be greatly appreciated. To donate $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month to this podcast, simply click the Anchor link in the notes of this show. Once you're on the Anchor homepage of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast, click the middle button that says support. Select your amount and enter your info. It's quick and easy and will make a great impact in the lives of my family.